All right, welcome to episode two of Always Be Present. I'm Brian Hastings here with my brother John, and we are, it is August 16th, 2023. Episode two, second ever, and uh, Johnson's in a mood. Johnson's normally in a mood, but Johnson's in a mood today. So he's going to go off on us. He's going to go off for us. Uh, so ready, put your seatbelts on, buckle up, kids. Safety first. All right, let's get into it. Let's start with game week number one. Uh, Liverpool go to Stamford Bridge and draw with Chelsea. Uh, one all. Jonathan, what were your initial takeaways from the game? Um, after uh, after witnessing what is, I think it's the fifth draw in a row for these two teams. Yeah, you mentioned that last week, yeah. Um, well, I got the lineups completely correct. I think that they did, he, for whatever reason, Klopp did not trust. When they moved, switched to the double pivot or the box, whatever you want to call it, um, having CJ in there as a six from time to time, I don't think Klopp trusted it. So putting Gakbo there, I, I thought was the right idea. Hindsight, obviously, is always twenty twenty. Um, I that think a terrible decision. He and Jota looked yeah. like they were connected, quite literally, feet away from one another. Three quarters of the game, they're both dropping in the same spaces. It was ridiculous. Yeah, so it's it's just a bad call by me, you know, bad call by Klopp because obviously he's great making the call. real decisions. Great call on the lineup, Johnny. You yeah, great call, 100% yourself, on, on lineups. Give yourself tons and tons of credit on that front because you really did. You crushed that. That was a big-time yeah. call on your part. Um, I thought the first 25 minutes of the half, I thought we looked great. Um, and I thought the first, like, 10 minutes of the second half, I thought we looked great. Uh, better. Um, I think after the, those two points, I think we looked like complete dog shit. I think Chelsea controlled the hell out of the game. I did like our formation more in a four th- four three three than I did in the four two two three or four, you know, with the with the box with the three up top. I just don't think we have the personnel, which is uh, obviously we'll get onto the transfer saga and all that BS, um, which is just irritating the shit out of me personally. Um, that first opening goal by, by us, I thought was awesome. I mean, I think what four four or five people touched the ball. Um, Really nice to see. Yeah, starts from Allison, gets it, get, get it up into midfield for McAllister. McAllister starts making making magic happen. Yeah, M- McAllister coming back to that space that was open and uh, turning to his left, controlling the ball, piping it, piping it right to the feet. I lost your audio. Can you hear me? So McAllister turns to his left, just pipes a ball right to Salah's feet. Salah controlled it, a, a great control. And then obviously the break was on. Diaz floating through the uh, off the, the top left of the 18-yard box and just a great pass by Salah. Um, so that, that was awesome. Um, I love that. Um, I think the big issue we're, we're, ha- we're going to have is is that what I noticed in the game is how far apart the two CBs are. They are w- w- when we're on the attack. The two CBs are like 25, 30 yards apart, and I personally don't like that. Uh, and I, I agree with you. You you said Robertson was going to be a huge issue today. 
he he was uh, so disjointed because he's flying up as well as Trent. And then you're left with two CBs at the back who are, are just, they're just way, way too far apart. Way too well, much recovery. I thought, I thought tactically the first 30 minutes we were great because they were playing sort of the way that we wanted them to play. We needed them to play. We, we had major issues. Once Jackson started running behind and they moved Sterling up, they moved him into the middle a little bit, but also up the field. So he's basically playing off the back of Jackson. And when he stepped into those positions, there was just such a gaping hole. And, you know, after the first 30 minutes, we we didn't have any possession. I mean, the possession totals were, I mean, I think we had like 33% of the ball for the game. And they were just running in behind. And as soon as that happened, Virgil dropped back like 10 yards. So he's playing 10 yards further back than than he was when those guys started running through. Cause I don't think that he trusts himself. And I don't, I, you know, I think there's, there's a, a reason for that, but then it leaves a huge gap between the midfield who's trying to get up. And McAllister was playing multiple positions today. He, he, he kept finding himself a little bit further up. So Trent could never even get in the midfield because at least not after the first 30 minutes, because they just, they just kept going past us and he could never get up from, from right back position in the center in the, which you know, the, the reason why we play the 3-2-2-3 three, two, two, three is so that we can beat the lesser teams in the league. It's not so we can beat the top teams in the league. And Chelsea are clearly well-coached. And Pochettino is very, very smart, made changes in-game, which we did not, which I thought was bizarre. Um, I mean, we pressed more than we've pressed in any game in the last 18 months. And there was nothing happening. There was no connection. So it, it was extremely frustrating to watch. But newsflash, getting a draw at Chelsea is at, at this juncture of the season, instead of a loss, is going to look really, really good in January. Right? I mean, all, all, all the top six teams, and there's no doubt they're going to be a top six team, unless they have major injuries. All top six teams are beat up on each other it's the you know it's the bottom half that you got to beat and i think the three two two three is why that's why we went to it. so we can beat them up when they put their block up like you talked about last last episode so i think i i i completely disagree with you i think the the three at the back two two three uh we're gonna have to score a ton more goals in order to beat up those lower level teams, because what Chelsea exposed us to is how much more in the flanks running, uh, shooting balls over the top and letting the speedy piece of shit teams that have speed on the, on the sides and on the uh, sidelines, how exposed we're going to be. And you're going to have Keontae, Keontae, whatever the hell his name is, Conte, Whatever. And Virgil. Say Ibu from now on. Ibu. You're going to have those guys chasing all the way to the corners because Robertson and friggin' Trent are not going to friggin' play defense. They're not. It is that Trent is never close enough, even in the box with, with, with the goal. And I don't necessarily blame Trent. He got split on the, on the goal that they had um, that Jackson scored. He's, he's split between uh, an offensive player, Jackson, who's in front of him. 
and I forget who was behind him. Maybe Chilwell was behind him or, or another attacker. I, I forget the, the specifics of that. But Trent should be closer to the guy who's closest to the friggin' ball. And he never is. He never is. I, I can't tell you how many times we they someone an opponent last year scored a goal because he split. And generally speaking, the safest bet to do to defend is to get to the person who's closest to the friggin' ball. And he didn't do it. He was way, way too far away. And Virgil covered. So he, Virgil stepped closer to the ball, left Trent pinned, which again, that's not his fault. But you need to see that and notice that. And he doesn't notice those things. So that scares me. Second off, if you're looking at the st- statistics at, um, so a really good website is the analyst.com um, backslash EU. If you're looking at the zone of control, Okay, and you're looking at the heat maps for every single team in the league. Let's just go over the the, the, the who we think are going to be in the top four, right? We have Man City, you have Manchester United, you have um, us, hopefully, and you have Arsenal, right? Those are the those are the teams, and, and and we can do with Chelsea as well. Arsenal, okay, blue is good, red is terrible, right? And they're they're broken up into. Five boxes, so five by one, two, three, four, five, six. So it's 30 boxes in total, okay? Arsenal did not control two boxes, two. And that's where the goalie is, okay? Man City, more or less the the, the exact same thing. They The only boxes they did not control were in the 18-yard box and on the wings of the of the other team's defensive sides. You look at Chelsea and, and, and the Liverpool game. Right. Uh, Manchester United. Let's just go to Manchester United. Even though they had almost zero possession in that game, they controlled the middle of the field and they controlled their side of the uh, of the box. They had the flanks that the, the flanks were covered um, primarily by their opponent. And the 18 yard box was controlled. Uh, their 18 yard box was controlled by the opponent. Liverpool all over the fucking field. All over the goddamn field. Liverpool was basically besides our 18-yard box, uh, Luis Diaz's left-hand side in the very, very corner, and Salah's side just inside the 18-yard box, we, we had no other coverage. So possession, right? So we're focused on possession. Where is it controlled? 55% is um the stat line so if you have over 55 percent of possession in those areas you get the color so the opponent gets red you get blue every single thing besides those areas are red doesn't matter possession so it doesn't even matter it it it, it does matter brian because man man united who i just said had almost the exact same possession that we had has a ton more blue spaces in the middle of the field we don't control the middle of the field we get outflanked we get balls over the top. Jackson and Sterling, I agree with you, were playing ticky tack on one side and trying to destroy Robertson. And on the other side, yeah, but again, I think I think where where your argument falls apart is you not being you you being concerned about teams about lesser teams. Lesser teams don't have the same speed Chelsea do. Lesser teams don't have a player like Sterling that can play the same way Sterling plays. And and lesser teams don't have a coach like Pochettino that's going to make. There's 10 teams in the league that have a coach that will make the type of strategic changes that a guy like Pochettino will. And 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 you can disagree with whether or not you think we should be playing a three-box three. 
but the fact of the matter is we went to a three box three and Pep went to a three box three with four center backs, one of which plays in the mid comes into the midfield and the other ones just shift. Right. He went to that so that he could start manipulating and creating issues for teams that were just going to play a low block on us and freaking sit back on them and sit back and do it. That's why Arsenal went to it. Cause teams started doing that with Arsenal Liverpool got away with it for a number of years because they have such dynamic people throughout the field that can all do individual jobs. As soon as you start moving Trent in the midfield, I agree with you. You got you have issues, but the issues are solved by having either a left-sided center back that can also play left back instead of having Robertson play out of position. Or you just move Trent to you just move Trent to the midfield. Which no one want, no one thinks we should do, other than Trent probably, and then you get a right sided center back, or you or again you know you get a, a, a center back that's good with his left foot and you put him to the left of a Virgil and you move Kanate over, but you can't have Ibu playing right back, so then you gotta go get a right back guy, which is which is part of the reason why I think we should go get Kone. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we got why we're getting endo which we'll talk about later but you know those guys can all play those guys can all play right back they can play center back so Kone can't but um but our new signing endo can so anyways uh, i will say this expected goals against last year in our game against in our last game against chelsea at chelsea the expected goals against was 2.2. It was a 0-0 draw. Both games last year were 0-0 draws. This year, our expected goals against was 1.6. And our expected goals for this year was 1.3-something. So it was drastically better. And Chelsea's Dude, 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 dude. So all, we all, did... all you're doing... All you're doing is counting. All you're doing in this scenario is counting the goal that we scored and the goal that Mo hit off the post. No. Yes. How many shots do we have on goal? How many shots do we have on target? Look at look at how, how many, many shots do we have on target? We had nine shots in total, Brian. It's not like we have twenty five shots. We had nine shots, shots. On to- in total, and six shots were on goal, but four of them were blocked. Like, literally blocked by a defender who was six to eight yards away from us. Like, do you know how lucky that is? Most teams, that, that's not going to happen against most teams. That's a that's an incredible amount. And Jota should have let should have let Dom when he took through when he took speaking of awesomeness, Dom was incredible. He he was, well that we can agree upon. That we pressure, can agree upon. He put the pressure on on Chelsea on the defensive side of things. He was all over the place, even in the 88th minute. And that first move he made, he just man. If Jota hadn't stepped up, he might have gotten. He might have tried to get around one more guy before he put that thing top left corner. I mean, he is he's dy- dynamite. And I think if we get a, a, a center defensive midfielder and we move McAllister up the field, I mean, you can see McAllister's brain working, and you can see him connecting play. I think we're going to be a much different team in two weeks than we are now. And I think people are a lot less concerned, no matter who we bring in. We can't go wrong at this point with who we bring in. I mean, the bar is so freaking low. You know, 
I think we're in two weeks. We're going to be in great shape for Newcastle. We will be we'll be rocking and rolling. And Bournemouth's a great game to come into. What do we beat? I'm just saying seven zero. Again, I I think when we beat them seven zero, we were a much different team last year than we are this year too. So I I, I just kind of we're a better team right now. We have actually guys who can play soccer. So Robertson over the top had two they had Chelsea had two opportunities to to cross the ball and put the ball in the box two over the top these are just these are just over the top balls yeah they were, and then they were Trent, attacking up Robertson's side all afternoon yeah no shit and then Trent had four over the top exposing his side to I an attack I thought Trent played I thought Trent played pretty well though didn't you in terms of getting back and being and recovering no oh, no, yeah. no I, I thought don't. he was much his, better than what I have normally his biggest problem say. So uh, I would say he did not play bad. What I would say is he, he he chooses to jog back at certain times. He chooses to quit certain times, and then he chooses to sprint in the other third part of the time. When he is when he is not in the front third, right, our attacking third. When he's not there, he he tends he tended to do a good job getting back. I will say that if he's anywhere close to our top third in our attacking zone, he's not even trying. He's not even trying to support and get back to the middle. So I don't like that very much. The other thing that I saw with Trent, which I did not see last year in this formation. Defense, get back kind of guy. I love it. Consistency. And then the the big thing I saw with Trent, the difference between Trent last year in this formation and Trent this year, it was, again, one game is, is, is the, is the, is the concept we're looking at. Right. So uh, I'm not saying this is always going to happen. I saw him a lot more taking possession of the ball on the left side of the field. And what that did do was it made other people that are normally higher up the pitch have to shift and cover for him. So no, but listen, what, what's going to happen though is, is, is that McAllister already had space on that side of the field. McAllister was not, already over on the right-hand side where Trent should be. So McAllister just shifted up the field. Uh, Sobosly was just over in more space, hanging out with Salah. So my concern there is, how is Klopp going to get the formation correct and have guys shift around? Now, again, I think if you can find a number six who can actually friggin' work and who actually wants to goddamn play for us. Yeah, but I think it's an individual game thing. Trent Trent had, I don't, I, I think if Trent had 50 touches in the game, I'd be shocked. Trent had barely had any touches. He was going over to the left so he could get his foot on the ball. He, he had 42, tu- he had 42 touches. Yeah, he was trying to get on the ball. What did he average last year in our last 10 games in touches, do you think? I bet you he led the league in touches in our last 10 games last year. I mean, it was, it, it was insane. We, we just, we didn't have ball. So I think part of it was, and then he rushes into midfield. As soon as we get possession, and we were playing super direct, as soon as we got possession, we tried to ping the ball up, and and Trent would try to get in midfield immediately. But we were playing so direct that we were losing the ball so quickly that he he just he couldn't get. We we were compromised. I think that stuff is going to work itself out. This is still a very very new system. We're still only twelve games in, eleven games in. And we're still unbeaten. Playing. Who do you think had the most? Who do you think had the most touches on the team? This is just a a, a a crazy stat. 
Who do you think had, had the most who touches? Who had the most touches on our team? Yeah, who do you think had the most? I would say probably Mac. So Mac had 61 touches. So again, given the position he's in, you would assume he'd be one of the highest. So he's second place. Virgil is close on top as well. Trent's high up there. It was he actually had 57 touches. Trent, not uh, yeah. 42. So yeah. I, I apologize for that. The, the the highest touches is at 74. So 13 higher than anybody else. Mo was freaking Andrew Robertson. That is a goddamn problem. Yeah, he had again, that. That problem's. I, I'm telling you, man. That problem's going to solve itself. That we're going to take care of that problem. Robertson's a huge problem right now, but he's also kind of a scapegoat, and we'll get into that in another episode. But you got any other? Well, he wasn't. He takeaways? he was not helped out. I agree with you. He was not helped out by yeah. Gakpo. He was not helped out by Jota. Yeah. I, I get all that stuff, but I'm just saying those those two areas of exposure. I I completely disagree with you. I think lower level teams that are going to just boot the ball over the top and put it into space in those areas when we're in our attacking third, I do have some legitimate concerns about those areas. And again, we, we can move on from this because I well, think we're going to just beat a, beat a dead horse. Let me make one more argument for you. I think the reason why Klopp is sort of allowing that to happen right now is because we have one of the best goalkeepers in the world and he's an extra defender. I mean, I think Klopp is so confident, maybe naively so, is so confident in Allison's skills and ability, which, I mean, he he's freaking incredible, that I think he's like, I've already got three guys back there. I think there's a little bit of arrogance in, in Klopp, which makes him a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful manager. But I also think... He's willing to let guys play a little bit, and he gives them. He gives them the reason why they love him so much is because they give him a little bit of freedom. I mean, Jordan Henderson loved that guy. Jordan Henderson was not as good of a player as you know, Spot makes him makes him sound, but got the best out of him. But anyways, all right. So let's move on. This is this is where Johnny. This is where Johnny's gonna really, really rip into uh, soccer culture uh, transfer drama. So let me just set this whole thing up, right? So we wake yeah, up this please, morning. Please do. Yeah, please do. We wake up this morning. It's like a you know 10 a.m. English time. You know, they're like they're in the middle of their day. Some of them are even, you know, stopping off, getting a little, getting a little mid-morning tea, whatever the hell they freaking drink over there. So the the day started with the core, uh, was chic. It sounded like we may be able to get him done for like 70 million at the start of the day. And then there was a rumor about, I forget which happened first, either Armabat or Gravenberch happened, the Echo and and a couple other uh, places had it. Uh, then it sounded like we were in talks with Crystal Palace and that there's actually a release clause for Decorier for like 45 million or like 55 million, something crazy. Some crazy low number. And then we end the day with uh, a Japanese international endo from Stuttgart. <laughs> so he's, he's 30 years old. Yeah, Jonathan, if I have to remind you, we just got rid of, granted there was a lot of miles on those treads, but we just got rid of a 29-year-old in Fabino for 40. And this guy was, endo is 30 years old. 
He is the captain of Japan and Stuttgart. So we got another captain on the team. So there we go. Great. That's awesome. Um, news. More leaders. You can never have enough leaders on the team. Can... All right, just go off. I don't need to give you any more. Uh... And then I'm going to spit some stats at you just to make you feel a little bit better. Okay. That, that, that sounds great. So let's just start off with this whole drama uh, over the weekend because we obviously didn't get to just talk about this. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. As much. So the whole Casado thing. Look, we, we bid three times for Lavia. We're not willing to spend an extra five five million dollars or even three million dollars because I think the the final price was like forty eight, but that was including add ons, I believe. So I think it was forty five for Lavia, with a couple million in add ons to get to forty eight. So Southampton was just like, we're, we're not doing it. We we know how you play your game. You're gonna pay us. You you need a six, so pay us the fifty. So we're not willing to to spend an extra two million dollars or two million um, pounds or euros, whatever whichever one it was. To, to come get your guy. So what do we do? We took a shot in the dark, which I think was an appropriate shot in the dark, to be completely honest with you. I think Casado is the best defensive midi out there that we could get. Uh, we didn't think that Chelsea could probably match it just due to some financial fair play rules. And Bully's doing his, you know, working his friggin' uh, Muppets over there and puppets trying to get this get this thing done and, and trying to beat financial fair play, basically, for both, both England and Europe uh, in the future. I mean, England. So he's doing whatever. Joke. So it, it's it, it's a complete sham. Um, but he's willing to spend the money, so good for him. And he's obviously sold a lot of freaking players for a lot of money as well. When you all when you add it all up, so maybe they won't be in trouble. But I'm not gonna dive into that. So we go in for Casado. We piss off Lavia. Absolutely piss off Lavia. So as soon as Chelsea comes in for Lavia too, as a as a backup to uh, Cicado, uh so. I just I just butchered that name Casado. big time. Casado, you know, because because now they're viewing if, if they can't get Casado, they're going to try and get Lavia, which I understand. And then it winds up coming out that like, look, Lavia's pissed off at us because we're not willing to spend two more million to get this get this deal done. So and we're we're now second choice. He's now second choice. Um, from what all indications of today, Casado's like, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to Liverpool. I'm not going to Liverpool. And I think the biggest problem here is, is that for a team that's always very, very tight-lipped, this was way, way too far out in the open. And again, I think that's on Chelsea's side, leaking all this drama and the agents leaking all this drama, where usually we're pretty, we're pretty tight-lipped and, and pretty conservative in what we're saying. So now everyone knows, everybody in Europe knows that we need a number six and we're desperate. And we got two, about two weeks. Two yeah, and a half two weeks. weeks to get it to, to, to get it done. Yeah. So we have 14, 14, around 14 days to get this done. All right. And we need a number six. And now they know we have at least 111 million dollars to spend. Yep. We are we someone's gonna unless there's a buyout clause where it's nice and clean, it it, it someone's gonna rape us big time. Someone's gonna take us for all of our money that they can. And do you think Decore? is worth $70 million. No, his price is being inflated due to the fact that Crystal Palace can. Crystal Palace can sit there, wait around for us to make these offers and be like, nope, 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 higher, higher, higher. And then all of a sudden we're at $70 million. Well, I think he's got a release clause. And at this point, it's not your money. What do you care? That's, that's, that's been my point. 
What, what, what do we care? It, the market is inflated for midfielders. The market's inflated. Gr- it's just the way it is. These Anthony are all, these are all great questions. Modric these are all great questions. Something. None of these guys. I don't disagree with you. I, I don't no, disagree you're with gonna you. Have to, if you're going to go a starter in this, in this marketplace, you're going to have to pay between 10 and 20 million euros over what you'd normally have to pay. Just go pay it. We have the, the money. Here's the problem. We don't need one player. In my estimation, and I think in your estimation as well, we need three players. Okay? And it, we need all three we're of those players. We're probably going to get two. We're probably going to get say, two right now. I didn't say how many we were going to get. I just said we need three players. Yeah, but you got to need that three players. the equation for Liverpool. Because, because if Liverpool are only going to go out and get two, then we have $111 million to spend on two. If the if the Corrier is 70 and Kone, who can play right back if Trent gets hurt, if he's 30, 35, we just got two great players there. And Andres, hopefully, we'll see. Man City or Chelsea might steal him. But if we get Andre in January, that's, I mean, first of all, we, we never thought a, a week ago, Today's Wednesday, right? A week ago, we never thought we were going to get Casado. So from my from from from, and I thought you were be more. I thought you were going to be more angry about this whole thing. From my perspective, that's not what's embarrassing. To your point, Lavi is freaking embarrassing. The fact that we freaking nickeled and dimed and nickeled and dimed, and all of a sudden we can afford 111 million euros is nuts. Casado is never coming to us. He's Ecuadorian. He comes from a very very poor village. He was going to try to make as much money. As long as he can, he's setting up. He probably he's probably responsible for fifty freaking people, right? He's like he comes from a small place, right? So the guy, his 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 upbringing, his financials are much different than some kid from Europe that grew up in a in academy football and parents were like middle class. This kid was not middle class, from what from what I understand. The embarrassing piece is Lavia. You go back, you say you're not willing to pay 50, and then you go back and supposedly, uh, I forget who had the, we we never actually made an offer at 60 million, but we said we were willing to pay 60 million, right? So we went back to Southampton and said, all right, we're willing to pay the 60 million. And, 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 and Lobby was like, no, I'm not, I'm not having anything with you guys anymore. So you sort of kick that can down the road. That's the embarrassing part for me. Casado was, I mean, I thought it was genius that we went after him. If we had gotten that dude when no one was expecting us to get him, that would have been the biggest coup in the history of transfer soccer. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's the biggest coup, but it, it would have been, 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 been one of the been, It would have been awesome. It would have been, 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 been great. Freaking it would have freaking sick. Absolutely. We would have had one of the best Absolutely. midfields in the world. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, yes. And we can yes, still I, have. I, I agree with that. We, all right. So let, let's move on to guys that, that we are that were that were rumored today and that came today. What 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 do you got going on in the in, in your big brain? What, what are you so angry about? I'm angry about a fucking thirty year old who's going to be coming to fucking Liverpool. We you, you, do you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of uh, of two times in our our well my Liverpool um fandom reminds me of Ricky fucking Lampert. Okay, we're at the end of the transfer window. We're like, oh shit, we lost Suarez, and we have nobody else to friggin' put in there as a as a number nine. So we're gonna go to Southampton and friggin' pick up 
Ricky Lampert. If you thought in any shape, shape and form that Rogers was going to turn that guy into a freaking 40 goal getter for the entire season, you're absolutely out of your mind. And then guess what we also did? Then we went after another midfielder. Oh, yeah. He was also from fucking Japan. And he was a freaking uh, Minamino. And he was supposed to solve some problems for us. He was never going to solve problems for us when he came in. So that was Klopp signing. A joke. A joke. We need to get younger, which I'm not saying we shouldn't buy a 26-year-old, 25-year-old. But I don't think we should ever go over that. We need to reform this team that, that can play together for a number, number of years. And then we need to do a better job of filling in those gaps at younger ages of guys who can back up and, and are kind of ready to already kind of go, but need to learn and need to need to tool up. But this this guy, and I don't care what stat you throw at me right now, because I know you got some freaking great ones. Oh, I got some I got some stats, bro. This guy, besides the fact that he seems from my calculations in his four seasons, three of which were in the Bundesliga, one one was in the Bundesliga two for Stuttgart. Doesn't seem to get hurt very often. He plays a ton of games and he two, doesn't seem to get hurt. Two games in the last two years. But he's 30. So that means to me, I don't care how yeah, short he, he is. He hasn't played tons of football. If you look at the minutes t- played, minutes played until he got to Stugard wasn't that bad. He's playing That's major great. international soccer. He's captaining a major international team. You want to hear? I don't care if you captain. A, I, 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 I don't even care if you captain. Uh, I, I don't care if you're the last you person on the bench or or the captain of a team. The only reason why I give two shits about Dominic is because he's fucking good and he's young. That's the only reason why I care about that dude. Yeah, let me let me just nice, let me just nice shirt by the way. Nice me, nice shirt by the way. Yeah, Saba's lock just just came in yesterday, man. I was so excited. I was excited we were doing the pod today. I had to, I had to toss it on. I I am pretty upset though. I had to get an extra large because the larges don't fit me anymore. So yeah, that's a, I think I have a couple of your largest. It's a personal problem, but uh, but I'll get through it. All right. So Endo last year, Boone, out of all Bundesliga, out of all Bundesliga mid versus all Bundesliga midfielders since the start of 2021 season. Okay. He has the most possessions won in the defensive third, 254. I won't, I won't do all the numbers. Most aerial duels won in the whole league. Most clearances, most headage clearances. Second most touches, that's 6,500 touches. Second most in passes completed. Second most possession won in the midfield, in the mid-final third. And the second most tackles. All right, so I understand it's the Bundesliga. I understand that he's 30. There is zero balance on the team, though. Either everyone's over 30 or everyone's under 20 you know, 24. Right. So I'm not, listen, if you had told me, if this was a guy we had heard anything about, anything about over the past six months, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't agree with you. I don't disagree with you. Who the fuck is this guy? Right. Like, what are we doing? But if we get this guy for 13, what is it? 13.3 pounds. And then 19 million euros, whatever. Euros, yeah, 19 and then we euro, get, yeah. And then we get to Corey for, say, we get to Corey for 50, 55. And we still, we could possibly still go out and get a young left center back who could, who could 
like play some of our Europa games and we could still run, you know, we could still like, we could play a back three in Europa and get the guys some time. I, I, if, cause I, cause I take Casado out of it. I was, I never thought we were going to get Casado. So I don't even, I don't even view him as a thing. If you had told me that we were going to get an experienced defensive midfielder that can also play center back. So he covers a lot of holes, which is why I think we're only getting two guys and he could play and he's played very little, but he can play right back. And, and you told me we were going to go get one more starting def- center defensive midfielder. I, I think at the start of the, of the, I think at the start of the transfer window, I would I would have been pretty happy with that. I mean, Decore is is my is my man. I, I I am I've freaking my flag is in the ground when it comes to Decore. If we can get that dude, I, I think we're in very very good shape. And this guy's a squad player. This guy might just be here to back up in center back when it all comes down when it all comes said and done because Andre takes Tiago's spot after. After he comes in January, and you know, after Tiago sings his swan song, the dude, the dude, the, the dude was is good. He ain't flashy, and not for nothing. Wait for it. Klopp has never won a league title without a Japanese-born player, ever. Mic drop. All right, so what what do you think when you're looking at tackles one, right? And you got your stats up and everything. What do you think, without cheating, just off the top of your head, where do you think the the percentages should be for tackles one? Just out of curiosity. Like, you think it should right. be 50%? You think it should be 60%? Like, wh- like wh- where do you think you, it should be? Dude, if you're looking no at a number six, I, I have no idea. He's at 43% wins. 43% for tackles. Okay. Okay. It's the only stat I have. I don't know what the fuck that means. Oh, great. But it doesn't it doesn't sound good to me. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna die on this right, sword. So just I'm gonna uh, die on this sword. Here's the sword. Gonna, here's the sword. Here's the sword I'm gonna die on. Okay. I got, I got this this dude plays five games this year. Five games. That was those are five Premier League games or Europa League games. Okay, he's. He, he, I'm not counting the, the all the EPL cups, right? Carabao and FA Cup. He's going to play in those. He may get subbed in, but I'm saying five starts. He's not starting five games for us because we're going to get another D a D midi who's going to play a ton more minutes, obviously, than he's going to. Do I think he could be a serviceable backup? Yeah. And is eight is eighteen million euros, nineteen million euros? I think a good price for him. Yeah, is he solving problems? And now are we just having these situations where now we're panic buying? Um, yeah, I, I I really do. Instead of keeping that eighteen million dollars, going after two guys that that can combine and can play multiple positions in the midfield, as well as like you said, Kone can possibly play that right side, that right back side. Those are the people I think we should be going after. Not a kid, not not a not an old man in soccer terms. That's that's 19 million euros because you know he can he can play one position and is going to only play start five games for us. I don't think that's Jules, that's why. Who's contested for 90 minutes between him and Fabs last year? He was he was 
He had 13.6 duels contested. Fabs only averaged 8.6. Tackles but, made, they both had 2.2. Fouls conceded, he has less fouls conceded. Air dual success rate, they're both they both were at 58%. Ground dual success rate, uh Endo was at 50. Uh Fab only at 46. Clearances, two for for Endo and only 1.3 for for fabs like they match up they're pretty comparable and in in many of these metrics the yeah he looks better and granted it's the bundesliga it's a much different league but i'm telling you right now it's not it's not just that we're last not year a, we're not getting a bum and if, even if he's just i'm a not saying player, we are i'm not saying we are you're not we listening want, to me. we want squad you're players. comparing you're comparing fabs in the worst year we've ever seen him play the yeah, worst year with with better. with with this guy's one of this guy's best years ever okay and you're comparing apples to oranges when you're discussing the physicality the speed the way uh england plays versus the way germany germany plays where there's a ton more space in germany you get closed down a lot quicker in england you know him, him, him. All these highlights that I see yeah, today of, him, of him, him dribbling through, of, of him dribbling through, no, were the I exact same. That. Nobody cares were the that. exact same ways in which uh, Keita came in. Ooh, I have, I have all this, I have all this, this, this skill. I know it, it's not the same. Yeah, but Keita was injured, the same. so that's different. My point is, if this dude is not our primary center defensive back that we bring in, is he not a good signing? So my biggest concern is for a couple years. So So my biggest concern, right? Let me answer your question. Let me answer your question. If he is your second midfield, okay. So I I I will say this: if he is your second midfielder, and so you bring in somebody like Decore, right? So you bring in Decore, and this guy's your second, and you and then you do not spend the rest of that money that we think is a kitty bank, you know, a, a piggy bank over here, and you don't spend that money and don't get another left side defender, I think the transfer window for the last three weeks has been a waste of time. Because if this guy's your backup, you get to Corey, and then you don't spend the money and find a solution at left center back so that Robertson can play some of the games, but you, he's not your main guy anymore. I think it's a it, it's a wasteful last three weeks of the transfer market. Listen, if I think, God, you don't agree with me. I I think it, Klopp is I think I think Klopp is a big part of this, and and he's pulling the strings in this team, and I think he's way too loyal to be dropping Robertson. That's why he went to go get this kid, this thirty year old kid, Endo. He can he can play. He can be the backup center back, and he can be the backup. And he can How be tall the, is he? And, How tall is he? Oh, he's not as tall as Fabs. How tall is he? Mar- Martinez. Martinez is one of the best center backs in England. He's he's what five foot eight nine. What what, what did you just say? <laughs> it doesn't matter how tall say? he is. It doesn't matter how tall G- he is. He, he's like five okay. eleven. He's like five ten, five eleven. Okay. Okay. I, I personally don't know. So this is this was not me shitting down this conversation. But did you just say? <laughs> yeah. No. He's great. Listen, that Martinez is one of the best center backs so who, in, so who in the country. Get? Who do we go get? Get, get to Corey. I think you and I are on the same page there. He 
he played a different position at his uh, first stint when he was in France. Uh, it was it was much more flexible and uh, a little bit more of a uh, possession based team versus him at um, Crystal Palace now, where they sit back and they defend and then they 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 go on the counterattack, right? So he's played in two different systems, one that's obviously more suited to us, and then the other one's more suited to the, the defensive style. Keep them out of the box, beat up people, tackle, uh, disrupt the flow of the game. So both things of that are good. I, I think he'd be outstanding. Um, and then I think you have to go out and in. So I, I'm hesitant to say Kone just because... I don't personally know. Uh, I have not done enough research on what his injury actually was. Like, is it is it muscle? Is it? Tony um, can't start for us, anyways. I'm just saying. I don't know enough about his background and how many games he's playing a year and how consistent he's been. Is this his first major injury? Because he's been out for now a, a, a month or two at least. Yeah, I don't. With I don't. I is don't it a muscle has, injury? I don't think he's got tons of injuries, but. I also think he he would have originally been the backup to Fabs. So if we're you know I I think if we're considering Kone as our starter, we're we have we we had some really fucking Jurgen Klopp has lost his freaking mind. And that, so let's transition because I'm I, I got some I got some issues. And that's the other thing. No, no, no. And, and that's the other thing. Why did we Why did we let go of Fabs before we had a goddamn replacement? Why can we not pull the same strings gotta, that other clubs yeah. do? That, no, 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 no. There's other clubs all the time that say this. We will let him go, but we need a replacement in the door. And then we don't do that. No, yeah, instead we just, we just let him go. freaking sweet all the time because be, it, it doesn't make any sense. Jurg, or whatever the hell the dude's name is, who's in a bees in his freaking villa. That that guy was literally only, Abiza. my hypothesis, <laughs> that guy was only, Abiza, whatever. That guy was only hired to take to take bullets for Klopp because Klopp knew this was going to be a freaking really, really tough summer. He didn't realize how tough it was going to be, but he's got this dude taking bullets for him, right? He's got a relationship with him. He basically got him hired. Klopp pulls the strings in the transfer market since Ward, yeah. Julian Ward left. And since no one, no one's denying that though. No right. one's denying that. So the major problem is Klopp. No one, no one wants to, no one wants to talk about, Klopp's we we need a sporting director like a real freaking sporting director that'll go toe-to-toe with Klopp and and make him realize and get players in that helped us win a premier league and a champions league I think Ward I I, I personally think Ward was good I do I think he challenged Klopp but it was at the great the day, but Klopp warmed at the, end, down. At, the, at the end of the day so so the, was his successor the, the final decisions for some of these other things are gonna well, well that's but it's getting in the, the way. The of... only, the only, the only person that that goes back onto is John Henry and FSG. It's yeah. it's them. Listen, I'm letting him have this much power. But I tell you what, if you don't give him this much power, he's not going to be our manager anymore because he's going to quit, or he's going mean, to get fired. I mean, there's other managers out there. I mean, if if we had gotten rid of Klopp, maybe Pochettino would have come to Liverpool. I wouldn't mind Pochettino as my manager. Anyways, all right, go ahead. Uh, listen, moving on. Jurgen Klopp as a coach is is my guy, right? So you got to take right the good with the bad. But my point is is that I think one of the major issues is 
we've got a guy that's trying to do too much and has too much control. And when you have a coach that has this much control, it ends poorly. It happened at Arsenal. It happened at Man United. At some point, they get so much control and they start doing so much on their own and they start making decisions that are not ultimately in the best interest of the football club moving forward. And I think he's in the, I think he's in win now mode. Bring in a 30 year old that has good track record that can play that he's familiar with, I'm sure. And bring in Decore and rock and roll on. He, he also doesn't want a big team. So, you know, it's not like we're going to be bringing in four guys, well, five guys. He, well, we can't. For a smaller we, can't we, we, we only have two spots left. So that's well, that right. is what it is. Right. So, anyways. And I still think we might be better served, anyways, of just getting in Decore and then paying, you know, anywhere between 10 and $25 million on a, even a right sided center back. Who cares? Just bring in another center back. Gomez and Matip are not, are not the answer. And get Phillips out of here. Make some money on Phillips. All right. Bournemouth preview. How much are we going to beat these guys by? Because we're running, we're running late here. What's what 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 do you think the lineup's gonna be? You know, I would I mean if if uh what's his face? If Endo's getting his his uh is Endo, Endo gonna play if he if he's gets registered in time? You think he's gonna start? Where, where are we at? What are you thinking? Quick. Uh, CJ will start. We'll stay more in a 4-3-3 formation in my estimation. Gakpo you think CJ's going to play the six? Uh, no, I think McAllister will be in the middle. Sobasly will be off on the right-hand side, and CJ will be off on the left-hand side. CJ seems to be more comfortable on that side, of the, that, that side and he can provide a lot more cover. Um, and I would want him to provide a lot more cover for Andrew versus having Sobosly over there, who I would like to see stay a little more forward and kind of play a, a little more of a triangle with Gakbo and Sala. Um, so I think I think that's the case. And then obviously it's gonna switch in formation, but at least CJ gives a little more protection defensively than Gakbo, and then put Gakbo back up top. I think um I think 60 minutes, a lot of our guys look gassed. Uh, I thought uh, Luis Diaz looked really good and really dangerous uh, on most occasions. And I felt like he's probably still the guy we go with, especially with his speed that he has. Um, so I think Jato will come in at some point in time, probably for Gakbo. Um, and Nunez, again, you can do whatever you want with him off off the bench. Um and I thought Elliot played pretty well, so I think Elliot will come off the bench as well. So I think those are your three main guys off the bench in any any order there. Keep the back line the same, obviously. Keep McAllister in there. Keep Sobosly in there, and then the CJ is the one change I would I would make, and and then Jota would drop to the bench. Yeah, I think I I I think the lineups for the first two games have been set, and he's going to get all of his forwards starts. So I would imagine. You're gonna be looking. You're gonna be looking at Salah on the right. Obviously, you're probably gonna be looking at Nunez up the middle. Uh, I just think he had too good of a preseason. You got to give him a look. Uh, I think Klopp is a loyal guy, um, and so I do think Diaz will start on the left. But it could also be 
You could also throw Jota over there um, or even Gapko. Gakpo, I always get his name wrong. Uh, Jota. But, I think, but I think you'll have Lou Diaz over there. I think he played well enough. Um, he looked a little out of sorts at, at periods of time in that game, but uh, but I think everyone did. Uh, and and we could have, you know, Salah had two had two or three chances where the ball got stuck around his feet that he could have had really great scoring chances. So, you know, uh, I think although we only had you know one shot on goal, uh, I do think Salah could absolutely, you know, if he converts. At the rate he normally does, I think he would have he would have had at least two goals. So, anyways, um, I wouldn't disagree with you about the midfield. I I wonder if Curtis Jones though. I, I wonder if McAllister being up high is probably more important to to playing a game like to playing a team like Bournemouth, who they're more aggressive than they used to be, but. I think having McAllister up 10 yards further makes a huge difference. So I think CJ, and we're going to have a lot of possessions. So I think CJ might actually play the six um, and allow McAllister to go up a little bit. Uh, he tracks back so well and everything anyways. Um, and then we can really turn the press on if we want to. Um, and then, you know, back line stays the same. Trent spends a lot more time in midfield we have 75, 80% of the possession, uh, you know, and you rotate guys in off the bench uh, when you can. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this is a, you know, this is a get right game. It's a home game. Uh, I think Nunez is not going to start on the way away at Newcastle. Um, so this is your chance to get him in there. So I think that's, that's what we're looking at. Uh, so hopefully next week when we talk, I will be uh I'll be the one who's correct about the the lineup. Uh prediction for score. I, I think it's probably gonna be a, a two zero, three one. I guess I'll go with three one. We always seem to let uh, a little one in, but we'll continue our our uh our streak of what will be now thirteen games undefeated since we started moving to a three box three. What's your prediction? Um, I think it should be a 3-1 game. I guess my biggest concern about saying that is just obviously Bournemouth doesn't have a lot of firepower. What, Solanke's up top for them as their number nine? They played the slowest out of any any of the other teams, and they completed the least amount of, uh, held the least amount of possession. So, you know, 10 passes are over, sequences of 10 passes are over. So they're not controlling the ball, uh, and they're not playing fast. I think that is obviously to our advantage, especially when it comes to counterattacks. Um, but I think there's no way they don't score on us. Just with 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 the system we're playing, if we are going to go to the box in the midfield, um, and if we don't get our shit straightened out and we keep Gakko in midfield, I think it be I think it could be a three two game. I still think we're going to win, but um, I'm hopeful for three one. I think it'll be three two though. I think they're gonna find a way to make us sweat a whole lot more. So, but I I, I think it's a, a three two ball game, or two one ball game, and we're we are losing our minds. You and I the last ten minutes of that game. 
I don't know. They're just not very good. I know. I mean, I'm looking at the roster, and this is going to give you. And this is going to give you. Yeah, and they're going to give you hope. This is what Liverpool does. They're going to play this game. They're going to whoop them for nothing. And then everyone on everyone of Liverpool fans is going to go absolutely bonkers, be like, "We're back, we're back, we're back. We don't need a defensive midfielder. We don't need a. We don't need another." No one's going to say that. No one's going to say we don't need a defensive midfielder. <laughs> can't wait, cannot wait to go online, see all the Twitter, Twitter sphere, and look at it as soon as the game's over. Four zero, five zero. Salah and Klopp. Stala and Klopp are embracing and giving each other big, huge kisses and hugs. Yeah, I think we went 3-1, 2-0, walk off into the sunset. We've got four points in our first two games, and we've got two really, really tough games coming up, but we feel a lot better. And at that point, we've had a new defensive midfielder in for at least a week. Uh, I think he'll come off the bench if he if he can get in the side on Thursday and get into practice on Thursday. And so we'll see what he's made of. I can't wait to see him. Uh, and I think DeCorey gets in early next week, and we're rocking and rolling, man. I mean, let's have a little you... bit of freaking positivity. We brought in two of the brightest young midfielders in the world already. And, you know, we, we brought in a squad player, which you got to do. And we potentially are going to bring in an enforcer uh, who was fantastic last year. Um, player of the year. I am I, I am optimistic when it comes to who we brought in, but when you wait two years to fill holes that you know are coming, and then you do not wait until you have a replacement to let Fabs go. Who gives a shit about Henderson? Like, take that money and, and run Henderson with it. Was replaced by Dom. You're right. So that was that was already done. We had already right. We already had but, a replacement. But but what I'm saying is, is you were you were in a situation a month and a half ago where Klopp probably already had in his mind it would be nice to have a defensive midfielder, but Henderson and Fabs are probably gonna play with with Tiago are probably gonna play the sixth role, and all three of them are gonna share time based upon our needs. And if we get a D MIDI, great. If we don't, this is our plan. Tiago is going to come off the bench and play in situations where we need a little more pep. We're playing from behind. We need to be more creative, especially against those lower level teams. And you have the the two enforcers who are going to lead the line and are, yes, are they slowing down? Yes. Are they getting worse? Yes. But having them split time, they have more pep in their step when they do play. That was definitely his plan. That was absolutely his plan. Um. And well, I also think shit, I also think it was a shit plan. Whether we have I, fans I, or not, again, the again, guy, the guy's got the mileage of a thirty-five-year-old. So you should not have let him go without a replacement. We, we should have Already gotten him out the door a year ago, but neither here nor there. Listen, we're gonna get the player we want. It could be our Amrabat. It could be it could be whoever whoever it is. At this point, there's no other major defensive mid teams that may that need a, a defensive midfielder the way we do. There's not another big, big club. So there's very few, you know, there's very, very few, there's very little competition out there. And with that three, one,
Huh? Three one. All right. Three I'll two. This when we talk next week, I might do an emergency press conference. I might. I might just text you and be like, "Dude, we're hopping on for an emergency press conference when Decore comes in, and he's gonna and he's starting for us." The team sheet comes out an hour before the game, and you and I are dropping another app because Brian has an incredible hard on that Decore is in the is in the side, and we're rocking and rolling. Okay, so well, you better have you you better have somebody in the side other than this Japanese fool Endo before Newcastle, dude. The Japanese guy Endo, if we put him in the side. For the start of the game uh, on Saturday, we play on Saturday or Sunday on whatever day. It doesn't really freaking matter when we play. Who cares? We're going to dominate. And, and you move McAllister up. That, that's a win, as far as I'm concerned. Anyone other than someone who doesn't belong there and doesn't normally play there. I don't care how. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think McAllister is going to be a stud if he's a lot if he's able to play higher up the field, and he's yeah, still going to track him. back because he's he's, he's he's pl- he's playing the eight role. He and Savvy are going to play that. Dom are going to play the eight role, and we're going to. You're going to see magic. You're going to freaking see magic, man. How'd your fantasy team do? Oh, dude, I'm in. I'm I'm in dead last in both leagues. I think. Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares about your fantasy team, John. Nobody cares. Always a pleasure being nasty. Always All right, brother. Pleasure. I love you. That was episode two of Always Be Pressing. Jonathan coming in hot tonight. Uh, stay tuned for next week. Uh, we are going to put the first and second episodes on, uh, Apple podcasts and Spotify. Um, it's a slow build. We got us up on YouTube right now, but, uh, we will drop both those episodes this week as well on, uh, on those two platforms and we'll be off and running. Maybe we'll get our subscriber base up to like seven. Yeah. Ricky Lampert and, uh, Minamino can join. I'll sit on the I'll sit on the pod. They'll they'll definitely join. We will we are better off today than we were yesterday, and that's all I really care about. Progress is is what is what I'm all about. Have we signed this dude? Is this guy obviously signed? Is he already signed? Oh, yeah, he's got a medical tomorrow. Yep. He's signed, sealed, delivered. Until the medical goes bad. Fabrication uh confirmed it. So you know it's true when when uh when fabrication gets his gets his hands on it. <laughs> so all right, brother. I love you. Uh, I love you too. It's a pleasure. And uh, and if if our boy Endo is in the starting lineup, I am gonna. I, we are gonna do a fifteen minute pod, listening to you bitch and moan about how can we do this to the other players on this team. The thirty. No, do it at halftime, Grandpa. I I will be happy to come in on halftime after seeing this dude play for forty five minutes, and I am happy to to discuss with you the possibility of this guy being 30 years old and using a walker to play soccer in the EPL. Yeah. yeah. It, but what you're really me saying is how does the 30 year old look this good? I mean, he's a good looking fella. So I will say I, I could be saying that regardless. I might be saying he's a good looking fella, but he shouldn't be playing this team. Well, so, but, but I've been proven wrong before. So hopefully this I think is he's one better of those in times. That role. He's, he's very likely better in that role than, anyone that we have on the current squad. And for me, I'll take it all day. All right. Always be pressing episode two. Love you guys.